I actually never looked for or applied for a job when I moved here because I knew that that would be the most comforting, safest feeling. And I knew if I was ever going to try my own thing that I couldn't get into the safety net first. This is The Day That Changed Everything, a podcast series produced by Maine Biz, Maine's business news source. Every two weeks, we will post an interview with a business leader whose life was upended in one day and learn how they navigated their way back. If all great change is preceded by chaos, then this podcast series seeks to make sense of the chaos. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by MTI, or Maine Technology Institute, Norway Savings Bank, and Vistage. Mainers have an unrivaled work ethic, an endless supply of ideas, a boundless energy to create, and the perseverance to not say it's done until it's done better than it was before. Which is why the Maine Technology Institute was created to support, nurture, and invest in those qualities, and make Maine a place where ideas and people can thrive. To see how MTI supports innovation, go to maintechnology.org. That's maintechnology.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Renee Cordes with the Maine Biz Podcast team. Today, we'll hear from Nisha Dearborn, the entrepreneur behind a skincare startup called Fresh Chemistry, a cosmetics company that sells ingredients for facial care products that can be mixed by the user. After hearing about Nisha's interest in natural cosmetics and in mixing things that goes back to her early childhood, we'll learn about her career in corporate brands and then how she started her own business after moving to Maine with her family. Nisha will tell the backstory of how she started Fresh Chemistry and what's unique about it and what her unexpected appearance on the QVC Home Shopping Channel did for sales early on. Nisha, glad to have you on our program. Thank you so, so much before, for having me. So before we talk about Fresh Chemistry, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you grew up, where you're from, a bit about your family upbringing. Absolutely. So it's funny, people say that I was born in a skincare handbasket because my <laughs> mom is a dermatologist, a retired dermatologist. So I grew up in Georgia, working summers in her office, kind of being surrounded by skincare. And then I went off to college in Philadelphia. I studied business and again, started mar studied marketing. I ended up in a career in consumer products marketing. So I was at Johnson & Johnson for almost a decade managing household brands that people know, like the Listerine brand, Tylenol, but also a lot of time in skincare. And then a few years ago, we made a family move here to Maine because my husband's originally from here. And your father was also a physician. So two parents were physicians, your mother a dermatologist. So you're all, were you always very aware of skin and cosmetics? Yeah, and all all things medical. Yeah, they were they met in medical school. So our dinner conversations are probably ones that would turn other people's stomachs. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was always a health-based family conversation, was always cognizant of not only health-based things and skin-based things, but their mission was always about helping people. And it was a service job to them, was being physicians was about serving others. And so that was definitely imbued in us as well. Great. And looking back at your childhood, I think that you can trace your interest in natural cosmetics and mixing things back to an early age. So what can you share about that? Yeah, it's funny now thinking about it, but when I was in kindergarten, instead of nap time, because who 
really wants to sleep when you're a kid, there's too much to do. Instead, I remember make-believing and I and getting this little brown bowl that was real and pretending to put in cherries and bananas and mixing them together and just loving the idea of mixing these natural ingredients. And I would pretend that I was making hair products for my teacher and I would make her sit down and I would put it in her <laughs> hair. And, you know, I was thinking about the banana being nourishing and I was thinking about the cherry adding a nice tint to her hair. And I remember uh, coming home and always telling my parents like, oh, I just love this idea of mixing things together. And my parents being doctors always try to tie that to a science profession. So <laughs> my dad would be like, well, maybe you should be a pharmacist, you know, yeah. something that was quite academic. But it's funny because we, I had such a long career in, you know, corporate, no one ever thought that my mixing dreams would come true. And then we laugh now that of, of the brand I started. And you knew right away from college that you want were interested in business. So at what point did you decide you wanted to go into the business world, you know, and apply to work in a very prestigious school for undergraduate and then your MBA? I was always involved in leadership programs in high school. I was in student government every year. I was always going off to retreats, organizing different things. And I would spend lots of extra time after school, before school that no one ever saw, but I loved it. Um, I was always good at math. I was always good at languages. So I put those three things together and thought, let me, let me go try a career in business. And once I thought about it, I never looked back. So, if, you know, of course you have to apply to the best. Wharton is an amazing school. Um, I went there for undergrad. And as you mentioned, went back for grad school and would, it, it was the education of a lifetime. It was amazing. And you also did a summer internship. I don't know if it was while you were still in college or after college at Estee Lauder. So what was that like? It was very interesting. I happened to have a um, student working job at the university while I was a student. I worked for the Dean of Admissions at Penn. His name is Dean Stetson at the time. He was Dean for over 25 years. And he became a mentor to me because he was a boss. Mm -hmm. And he started asking you know, what would you like to do? And of course, I told him, you know, what we were kind of expected to do. A lot of people went to finance. And I told him, I said, but you know what my dream job would be is I just love skincare. I love beauty. And Leonard Lauder, the CEO of Estee Lauder at the time, yeah. uh, the legendary Leonard Lauder, he actually was on the board of trustees at Penn. And so my boss, Dean Stetson said, you know, Len's a good <laughs> friend of mine would you want to go work for Len? And I was like, almost fell out of my chair. You know, would you want to go work for Len? And, you know, Dean Stetson said, Len, Mr. Lauder, always recommends students or potential students to the university. He's always recommending very high quality people. I never get a chance to recommend anyone to him. So I would love to give him a call. And then one thing led to another and I became an intern at Estee Lauder, which really did start and ignite that passion that you know, the, the mixing that I loved in kindergarten could actually become a real career. After you finished a school, I believe you went to American Express and then you went back to Wharton for your MBA. And then That's right. what was your first job after that? I went straight to Johnson & Johnson after that. And at that time, what were your long-term career plans? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say Thinking it back. because- yeah, it's, we might as well always say that with a laugh because sure. you know, it's best laid plans. Right. I think I wanted to be, I started off with a goal of being CEO of a medium-sized company. And then I realized for me personally, the CEO tends to be more 
Wall Street facing, you know, okay. answering analyst questions. I wanted to be more involved in the business. So at that time, I started to think that I really wanted to be kind of a general manager of a business line, something that was a consumer product, consumer facing, had a lot of marketing and strategy involvement. Mm-hmm. So management track. Um, right. Right. And then you had an interesting epiphany at a corporate training exercise that that you you shared with me, something involving something called the Human Performance Institute. So tell us about that. Yes, this is, again, things you can never plan, but Johnson & Johnson owns uh, a company called the Human Performance Institute. And it is what it sounds like. It focuses on how to make you, you know, a better performing human. And they had all these trainings that they put their employees through. So I found myself in a training one day, sitting in a very stark white conference room with no windows, no art (laughs) on the walls, just a very plain conference room. And the particular exercise was they were putting us through a module where they asked us to close our eyes and envision. And what they wanted to us to envision was it, our 80th birthday. So imagine you're at your own 80th birthday and you know your eyes are closed. So they asked us to think about all the details. Like, where are you? You know, what, what country are you in? What state are you in? Are you having this birthday party outside, inside? Is it cold? Is it warm? So really all the details. And then they started giving us different questions and they finally you know, said questions like, who's at the party, who's not at the party? But the key question that got me thinking was they said, you know, what professional goals are you very proud of? Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, what professional goals do you wish you had tried, but you were too scared, too scared to try them? And then I opened my eyes, you know, at the end of the exercise and I was laughing because I thought this is the worst retention <laughs> tool ever known to man because like, <laughs> Nobody thought through in their 80th birthday, we're thinking about this gray conference room, right? Like everybody was thinking about some other place. But, you know, what popped in my head at that time was trying, trying my hand at being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It is something that has always been scary and intimidating to me. But I knew if I got to the 80th birthday, I would think the only reason I didn't do it was out of fear. Okay. And then you did move to Maine uh, with your family. I believe your husband had family ties here. You left your job. Uh, this was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's right. My husband is a Maina. Okay. And and you had uh, small children at that time when you moved here. Um, they were two and four at the time. Okay. <laughs> so you had your hands full. So so then you you didn't find a job opportunity here. So yeah, and to be honest, I, I, I actually I'm going to start my own business. This is the right time. Was there an aha moment after you arrived in Maine or how did you? Yeah, I actually, to my own credit to seek out, I actually never looked for or applied for a job when I moved here. Cause I knew that that would be the most comforting, safest feeling. And I knew if I was ever going to try my own thing that Mm -hmm. I couldn't get into the safety net first. So tell us now about Fresh Chemistry. What what is your company and what what sparked the idea? Absolutely. So, you know, the light bulb went off in my head one day when I was meal planning for my family. And, you know, the best way to think about vitamins and antioxidants is really fruit. So just like your fruit on your counter is best eaten at a certain time when they're at their peak, the same is true of skincare ingredients. So I thought, 
we're now in a world where I can have my groceries delivered to my house. I can have my coffee subscription. I can have HelloFresh or Blue Apron. Mm -hmm. All these things are delivered to the house. So why not create a skincare product where the components are delivered fresh to your house Mm -hmm. and you put them together to create the fresh skincare that's at its peak, that's going to work best for your body. Like why can't this idea exist? So I started doing some research and I talked to chemists who had been doing skincare formulations for decades, people I had known through my prior companies and jobs. And they said, absolutely. If, if a woman is able to essentially activate that product Mm -hmm. um, soon before she's going to use it. It's definitely going to have those ingredients at their peak. They're going to be more efficacious. The hard part is how do you get those products to the woman in a way that's really easy for her to assemble? Like she doesn't have machinery at her house. Right. (laughs) And so what was great was, you know, our research and development cycle for fresh chemistry Um, was partially on finding the best ingredients out there, but was also partially on how do we get to what we have now, which is a pour, shake, apply, three-step process and just make it super simple for her. And so now Fresh Chemistry is the only brand out there where the active ingredients are packaged separately to keep them in their ultimately most fresh and potent form. You add in the actives when you get it, you shake to activate, and then you use it as just a regular serum. And because the active ingredients are at their peak, you really see a difference quicker in your skin. Did you te- I assume you tested the products on yourself as, as you were going along. Was there a lot of trial and error? Because you also spoke about that you tested it with consumers, um, the efficacy, I assume the packaging and all that. Absolutely. There was lots of testing along the way. Um, first and foremost, with just with me sending different products back and forth with the lab and trying out different iterations. You know, we had to look at everything including just the small details of when you open the small vials, it has to be easily pourable into the big bottle. And when you shake the big bottle, it has to mix and stay mixed. I mean, there's so many things about the viscosity and the rheology of the formulas that we had to look at, but I still remember distinctly one day when I was walking in my bathroom and I walked past the bathroom mirror and I stopped and did a double take on myself. And I mm-hmm. thought, wow, my, my skin's looking really good. <laughs> what, my, what am I using? You know, cause I was trying different things. And mm-hmm. that's when I realized I had been trying my own prototype product. And when I saw the difference on my own skin, I thought, oh my goodness. Like I've been in the industry a long time. I've tried a lot of things and I would argue 98% of them, you either don't see a difference or it's the same difference you see in everything else you use. And when I really saw the standout results of the product is when I thought I really have to figure out a way to, you know, package this and, and bring it to the world. You're selling these products only online. So why did you go for that business model e-commerce and not through traditional retail? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is you get the largest marketplace that way, because if you're online, obviously people from New York to California can access your products. Right. Uh, As opposed to if I had started a small store here in Portland, you know, it would be the the people who are walking by who could buy it. You know, so that that was mostly the, the main reason. You know, the harder part about that is 
you don't have the people walking by your store that you would have, you know, on a, a main street in Portland. Um, so that's the challenging part. But I think we are in a world now where starting your own store online, like putting up your shingle, as they call it, is very low barriers of entry. Right. Um, okay. You know, it's very easy to do and it's easy to kind of test out the product that way. I see. And so you launched um, this business, I believe it was in late uh, 2019. And um, did you do any advertising? How did you get the, the word out? So in the end of 2019, when we launched, it was just a soft launch, to basically to friends and family to come test out the website, the, the logistics to make sure okay. everything was running smoothly. Then we started putting some advertising behind it at the beginning of 2020, um, a little bit of advertising, a little bit of seeding the product with some media outlets, as well as I attended a like an industry conference where you could talk about your brand and product in February of 2020. Great. So you mentioned, you know, soft launch, and then you also mentioned this conference, this trade show you went to, uh, Cosmetic Executive Women, and um, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, the CEW, the Cosmetics Executive Women, is a, a beauty trade organization of all industry insiders. They have a awards a set of awards they give out every year, and people who are nominated for the awards can come to this trade show and basically have a tabling event where you're showing people your product. Logistically, I'm thinking, I'm going by myself to this trade show where I am setting up these tables. Like, I don't exactly know how I'm going to go have right. a meeting uh, while I'm there, but I, <laughs> if it's QVC, you make it happen. You know, a lot of times people remind me that people go on Shark Tank for the chance of potentially being on QVC. And so oh. when QVC says, I want to meet with you, you, you say yes. Right. Uh, that, that was un unexpected, right? I had no idea. It, it was completely out of the blue. And I, so I met with them and it was a short 15 minute meeting. They said, tell us about you and your product. And I did. And then that was it. And I left thinking nothing of it. You know, this is a, it's a trade show. There's going to be networking right. opportunities. And then a couple of weeks later, they called me and said that I was a finalist in one of their beauty competitions where they're looking for the next big thing in beauty and the winner of the competition would be able to come on the show. But even if I didn't win the competition, they would still love to have me and Fresh Chemistry on the show um, to do some um, home shopping and some selling. What was going through your head when you got that call saying they were interested in you? You know, it was really funny because when we, they told me they wanted to have a phone call. And when we got on the call, the senior person who had asked for the call hadn't joined yet. So the junior person on the call, you know, wanted to not leave a lot of silence, thought we should get started. So she started by saying, well, here are the terms of the agreement and started reading, <laughs> reading like legalese in terms. And at the end, she said, do you have any questions? And I said, yes, I, I'm writing down these notes. I've gotten the terms, but this is an agreement for what? Like I, I legitimately had no idea what she was talking about. And so, they, you know, when she was saying, oh, for the competition, and I would say, which competition? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so piece by piece, I had to, and I was, you know, writing it down as we went. But, you know, my feeling was obviously shock, disbelief. Also, you know, I had put a lot of effort into 
going to this trade show, setting up the table. I had talked to a bunch of people and it was funny to me that this one-off meeting that yeah. I had no expectation was going to happen. I didn't put any effort <laughs> into 15 minutes and this had a much larger outcome you know, than all of the things I had been focusing on. And it's just funny how life does that sometimes. Great. Well, we're going to take a short pause right now, and then we'll hear how that super exciting appearance on the show was. This is Jennifer Cook of Norway Savings Asset Management Group. Here, we believe in family asset management. Simply put, it means we do right by you and your loved ones. And it's not necessarily the size of the portfolio we care about. It's the story behind it a story that's unique to you. Let us help you write your next chapter. For more information, visit norwaysavings.bank. Investment products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed by the bank and may lose value. It's live TV, so there's no editing for better or for worse. You know, it was definitely an adrenaline rush. It was a lot of fun. So we are back talking to Nisha Dearborn of Fresh Chemistry. You were just telling us about your preparation for your live appearance on QVC. So tell us what that live experience was like. I believe you did not have a prepared script, if I recall correctly. That's right. No. So the way the show works is they want to make sure it's as authentic as possible they talk about, they want your tone to be like you're speaking over the fence in your backyard to your neighbor. Okay. So they don't prepare you with any questions that they're going to ask. You actually don't know what the host is going to say or when they're going to throw it to you or take it back. So it is completely, you know, being thrown in the deep end for a little bit and just kind of flying with the circus. And you also had a chance not just to tell about your products, but also to show them. It's a kind of show and tell. So absolutely. So I had the products here with me. The host on the show had them with her. So she's mixing, pouring. Right. And you're doing it from home and you're doing it from home, you know, putting it on your hand, putting it on your face, showing the results of the product. And you did this all in one take. I well, it was a live show. It's live TV, so like, there is there is no editing for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> you know, it was definitely an adrenaline rush. It was a lot of fun. You know, of course, you have to make sure sh- it was later in the evening. You have to make sure no one's going to come into your. You don't want that CNN moment where <laughs> you know the the kids run in the background. So right. there's a lot of considerations, but it was a lot of fun. Right, and that was, I believe, in October of 2020. That's right. What happened after you went on the show? What was the reaction? What was the response? You know, it was incredible. We ended up selling more in that weekend with QVC than we had sold in the year prior. And so, you know, the power of QVC is incredible. They're in so many households. And so it was great. And so the team was very positive. They wanted me to come back and and do another show with a different host at a different time. And so then we started planning for that next episode. And were you able to fill all those orders or did you already have the supply ready for all of those orders that came in right after? We had the supply ready, absolutely. So that when people ordered, they were getting their product within you know 48 hours. Yeah, it was, it was super exciting. It's just an incredible way to reach a bunch of people nationwide that you would you know never otherwise reach. Right. And is it what you expected? Was, was the response better than expected looking back? 
I think the response was better than I expected, which is incredible. One thing when you're starting out, you know, all customers are good customers. As we try to grow and scale, I'm focusing more on, you know, target psychographics, demographics that you and I spoke about. The average age of the skincare shopper for QVC definitely skews a good bit high older than my target group, which I think I knew, but was still surprising about how much older it skews. And so, you know, moving forward, while that's still an incredible outlet, I'm looking to really focus on other outlets that are more within my sweet spot. Okay. And and did that appearance lead to other publicity and, and other orders? Tell us for about sure. the no, QVC for sure. effect. <laughs> there is a, a real QVC effect. Like a lot of, there's a legitimacy there that if QVC... So QVC is known to have started and launched a handful of other brands before that were smaller, less known, and became household names. Okay. So when QVC uses their filter and their eye to recognize something, then a lot of other people stopped to take notice, which was really great. Interesting. And you mentioned um, you made a second appearance on QVC, I think, um, early in 2021. So what was that like? Similar, but different, you know, so it's live TV. So again, anything can happen. It was a different time slot. It was a different host, mm-hmm. um, but it was equally exciting and fun. You know, it, it does feel like you're having coffee with some girlfriends and you're chatting about skincare. So, which I could do all day long. So, <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun and super exciting. The products also sold very well that, that session. And so, yeah, we're continuing to, to partner and grow. Good. Did, did that also put, you know, any, any stress on you, um, you know, getting all these uh, extra orders and just, you know, the sudden burst of, of uh, interest? Yeah, the, it was preparing for the initial show that was the most stressful because, you know, even without a pandemic, just coordinating the manufacturing of that many products is a huge undertaking and it's a it's an undertaking that can go wrong in five different ways if you are a corporation and have all that muscle behind you so as myself there are many things that could go wrong and then you add to that a global pandemic you know in hindsight again i'm not really sure how it all happened <laughs> but but it all did fall into place and have you had any other tv appearances besides qvc no no if you got a call from shark tank would you go on? You know, that is a very good question. <laughs> I I would definitely consider it. These are the things that when you get the call, you don't say no. Right. You don't say no. But uh, I would have to think about that one long and hard. Now we are going to take a brief pause just to have another um, word from our sponsors, and then we will wrap up. As the CEO or owner of a small or mid-sized business in Maine, you've got the weight of the world on you. But what if you didn't have to go at it alone? What if you could journey with an elite team of peers who've got your back and an experienced guide who knows the lay of the land? With that level of support, how far could you go? For more than 60 years, Vistage, the world's leading executive coaching and peer advisory organization, has been helping leaders reach new heights. Learn more at Vistage.com. That's V-I-S-T-A-G-E.com. The sooner you can define success, in the way that you will define it at 80, the better you are at having spending your life and time reaching what you consider to be actually success. 
Okay, we are back talking to uh, Nisha Dearborn of um, Fresh Chemistry, telling us all about her experience uh, starting this company and um, what her appearance on QVC meant for the company. So Nisha, if you could sort of sum things up nice and neatly, what did you learn from this whole experience with QVC? I think the QVC really taught me that when you are focused on your passions and when you're really aligning your passions with what you're spending time um, doing and focus, doors will open that you could never have foreseen, you couldn't have planned for, but when you really are putting a lot of effort behind the areas that you're passionate about, you will be surprised about what can happen. And I also you know, feel like back to that idea of when you're 80 and you're looking back on your life, it was interesting is when you are starting your career and building your career, oftentimes you look around at what, what that company or what your peer set says is success and you try to follow that, right? So it's the promotion or it's the bigger job or it's the responsibility mm -hmm. because that is what is deemed as successful. But when you're 80 and you're looking back at your life, you're not ever thinking about what other people said was success. You're only now, you know, thinking about your own thoughts and what you think is success and did you meet that? And so, you know, one thing that this whole experience has made me realize is the sooner you can define success in the way that you will define it at 80, the better you are at having, spending your life and time reaching what you consider to be actually success. The Day That Changed Everything is a production of Main Biz. Find out more about this podcast and other Main Biz media products at mainbiz.biz. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by MTI or Main Technology Institute, Norway Savings Bank, and Vistage. The Main Biz podcast team includes Donna Broussard, Allison Nason, Renee Cordes, Maureen Milliken, Will Hall, and Andrea Tetzlaff. Audio editor and producer is Chris Sedenka. Logo and marketing designer is Matt Selva. Subscribe at mainbiz.biz or via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Copyright 2021.